Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Uh, we got some baseball that's being a, it's a little bit more interesting uh, in the World Series than I thought it would be. And uh, yeah. so we got a, got a new face on the show. So, yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of World Series to open the show. I think probably have to do that until uh, one of these teams closes it out anyway, huh? Yeah. And uh, so we should mention joining us is a new friend to the show here, Jeff Williamson. And folks, this is a guy who picked the Pirates and has no regional alliance to this team whatsoever. Oh, my God. Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) And, I like to make uh, things harder on myself than it needs to be, I guess. <laughs> to his credit, though, he came on right when Kutch was uh, just reaching the team and things were starting to be on the upswing, and he has stuck with them after that. So um, a lot of people that we've said, like, the last straw for them was 2018, and here's Jeff just, like, riding along. So, Jeff, say hello to everybody, and welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. It's a honor to be here that's going to be a good talk too we're going to talk a lot about um team building today which i know is is kind of your 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 first love behind the game just out of curiosity uh are you how far away are you from pnc park and do you do you get a chance to go there at all i haven't been yet Uh, i'm about eight hours away eight nine hours uh my son and i toyed with the idea when Cruz got called up this year making that trip out there but we just couldn't pull it off you know but definitely excited to get there looks awesome I definitely wanted to take my son you know he's starting to get into it a little bit now and kind of wondering a little bit why I'm a Pirates fan when all his friends are Yankees fans but (laughs) (laughs) well you can just tell him that you're trying to be original so what I mean his generation will love that you got to be original nowadays So the the World Series is tied two games apiece, Houston and Philadelphia, as of the recording of this episode, which is on Thursday that we record. So last night, something really historic happened. Houston beat Philadelphia 5-0, and that's not the historic part. They no-hit them. That hasn't happened, folks, since Don Larson's perfect game in 1956. Speaking of the Yankees, <laughs> I mean, when something hasn't happened in over 60 years in baseball, it's usually a pretty big deal. And we should just make sure that these names don't get forgotten. Christian Javier, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, and Ryan Presley all combined on a nine-inning, no-hit performance with three walks against one of the more potent offenses that this postseason has seen. Pretty wicked stuff. So, Jeff, what's your thoughts, man? I mean, has the World Series been more entertaining than you thought it might be? It has for me. Yeah, coming into this, I mean, it reminds me a lot of the the Patriots-Eagles Super Bowl where – you got the, the cheaters who always win and then a team from Philadelphia. So there's no winner. Um, but uh, yeah, the last, the last yeah. two games, you know, just going from tipping pitches to, you know, and just hitting just 
absolute bombs. And then all of a sudden you turn around the next day and you get no hit. It's just, it's entertaining, if nothing else, even if you don't have a cheering interest. Absolutely. And Kyle Schwarber, Jim, as you know, doesn't give an F. That's what he said after the game when asked about what it was like getting no hit in a World Series game. Yeah. I mean, I guess as a player, that's how you'd have to approach it, right? I mean, you just, uh, you don't want to stop and think about it. You don't want to lend it any credence. Um, I will say some burning cars in Philadelphia that disagree. Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And some uh, uh, poles that may have gotten damaged. But yeah, I, 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 you know, from a fan perspective, I was kind of surprised at, at how many people were kind of poo-pooing it like it wasn't that big a deal and you know when you're talking about something that hasn't happened in 70 years it's impressive i mean the phillies can hit um i know mccullers has got to be thinking what where the hell was all that when i was pitching (laughs) but you know um but uh hey i mean look it's made it it's made it a really interesting side note and i'm really curious to see how this next game plays out because you know, how do you respond to it? Yeah, you have to figure, too, like Philadelphia now has lost both games that NOLA started, right? So that's not exactly how you script it out, but they're somehow tied up 2-2. And, I mean, you reset now. It's a three-game series, you know, as as much as we've talked about three games not being fair, right? It's a three-game series now. So, Jeff, who's got the edge? I mean, probably still Houston. I mean, that's, you know, I've heard you guys talk about it in the last couple shows. I mean, that's just a team that really doesn't have much weakness. I mean, aside from McCullers maybe holding his glove a little high. But uh, aside from that, I mean, they seem like probably the better option. But just this, this Philly team, they're just, you know, they're just like a boxer that can just throw just a massive, you know, right hook and just take you out with one shot. So. They've got that know. team of destiny feeling to them a little yeah. bit, don't they? And they do. That, yeah. It's it, yeah. it's definitely weird though because they are an all or nothing team. Like they're either going to just pound the ball for nine innings or they're going to go cold and and struggle to put two runs across. I I I think I used the term last show was puncher's chance. I think it's just is the the perfect kind of thing with them is like you know. Y- you let them hang around and they might, they might just, you know, shock you. Um, so uh, I will, I do want to, I do want to put uh, our guest last week, Rich, who is the, the meteorologist, he said five games. So of course the meteorologist was wrong. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so I don't think Gary and I had the guts to, to prognosticate. I, th- I, if I did, I would have said six games, Houston, but I mean, I think it might go seven now. I would have just said Houston because I feel like every time that I don't really know what I'm talking about, I say six games. Um, that's just me. I, I do it all the time. Every time the Penguins get in the series, I say six <laughs> games because I don't trust myself to say sweep or, or five, you know, but I, again, I still have not predicted Philadelphia to win a single thing this entire playoff. So I, I'm I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked at the same time. And I root for entertaining baseball this time of year. And I, I I certainly think both teams are delivering that. And I think the difference so far 
Houston's bullpen. I think they they have probably pulled it off, and maybe we shouldn't be so shocked that that a bullpen game created that no hitter because that that's been the strength of their team throughout most of the stretch of the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, what was I going to say? There was uh, like you said, Nola. He's been like you said. You wouldn't script this at all, right? Right. Um, but there have been a few cons. Con- constants in this and it's the Astros bullpen is very good um I will say it's kind of crazy with these five nothing leads that 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 we've seen it's just been it's been different than some of the regular season games we're used to watching I don't know if it's just I don't know uh it just has seemed like a little bit different baseball well for one thing the weather's a little bit warmer than it typically is in these in some of the uh, northern cities like yeah. A, good point. a game in Philadelphia at the beginning of November in some years, uh, you could be seeing some sweatshirts underneath the jersey yeah. and, and and stinging your hands when you hit make contact. That's, that's not a, what's happening right now. There's a Gary, launch that, pad. <laughs> that's a really good point because I can tell you from experience, like I hated playing baseball in the cold. I hated it. Um, you know, as far as hitting goes. Um so I I mean and, and and I think it is a thing for guys. Like uh, I think in other sports you can um, maybe block that out a little better, but baseball, man, you're doing a lot of standing. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you you're sitting, you're standing. That's about it. And I think it really does play a huge factor. Typically, well, regardless, hey, by the time this airs, you know, uh, the game it could be over. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, real close to over anyway. Um, but World Series has been fun. I think that's a win for baseball, all in all, and uh, good stuff from everybody. Let's take a quick break, come back. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pirates' 40-man casualties. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jeff and Jim with me, Gary, and we're going to talk a little bit about the 40-man casualties that this team could suffer. And what I mean by that, in case you have just woken up and haven't been following a small market team where this stuff matters, the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to have to make some moves to make room on their 40-man to protect some guys from the Rule 5 draft. They're going to have to make some room on their 40-man to bring in some free agents. This sort of stuff happens every single year. It's not a surprise. Um, I don't want to go chapter and verse through this roster, Jim. I will if I have to. But, <laughs> but the way I see it, it's not so much about how many guys they're going to protect, which I think is about three or four. It's more about how many guys I think are expendable, which I personally have at 17. (laughs) Yeah. Which should tell you something about the state of this ball club. So it's kind of depressing sometimes when you do, you know, it kind of is. And it kind of isn't because when I say 17 of 40, well, I'm leaving what 27 that I think are worth having or 
seventeen that are worth twenty three that are worth yeah. having around, right? Yeah, that's not bad. That you know, when you talk about a twenty six man roster, that's actually not all that bad. And I think a, a lot of the guys that they swap in and out and free agency and and you know protections, I think it'll end up being closer to thirty that I that I really think are, are worthy. Yeah, so, and I I, th- I think on the surface you're right. What I tend to do is look at it from like reinforcements, which you obviously will need as the season goes on. That's where you want to start seeing some some better pieces that you're going to eventually need a few of them. Um, but you know, so that's the you know when I start when I start getting depressed, it's was it's because I don't want to have to see you know uh, Mark Donk from uh, uh, trip away from another team that we just picked up, make, make an appearance. So, so let's talk about some guys that I think that they could probably part ways with that may or may not raise some eyebrows and we'll see what you guys think of it. So first one I have is Zach Collins, because to me, Zach Collins is a placeholder until they find a real first baseman. And I think he's only on this roster in case they don't which is really a frightening prospect. Um, do you think he's cuttable, even if they get a first baseman? I mean, what's your opinion on that, Jim? Jeff. Oh, Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, let Jeff Yeah, he, I, I didn't see anything. I Honestly, I don't understand that whole move. It's like, if you're just going to stick him at first base, why not just stick with Chavis? At least he's likable. You know, not that Zach Collins isn't. I'm sure he's lovely, but, you know, it's just – you know, you got a fan, you cut a fan favorite, and then you stick Zach Collins over there, and just you get nothing out of him. I think he had like one, what one eighty. I agree. I I think they would have been further ahead just keeping Chavis than yeah. than doing the whole thing with Zach Collins, but they did it at this point. Yeah. And now it's about stubbornness, if you ask me. If they they need to replace the guy. I understand why he's on the roster right now, but Jim, he can't survive. I, I mean, I would hope not. I mean, goodness gracious, you look at the catchers on 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 the forty man right now, and um, when you can't even stand out in that group. No offense to those guys, but I just, I, I mean, it was kind of a hail mary of hail marys. They ended up playing in at first for the most part. I just, I, I just can't see if. If there's no, if nothing better has transpired over the winter than keeping Zach Collins, I have a feeling we'll have a a, a bitch session about that at some point. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. And I mean, yeah, even if they, it, even if they want to keep him to compete in spring, I kind of wouldn't even understand that. You know, yeah, I mean, I, if you if you sign a first baseman, forget it. Let him go. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, here's I, another I, one. I would, hope, I would hope that he's just not even in the mix in spring training. That's what I would hope too, because you know I I think this GM has proven he can be a little stubborn about some of these guys he picks up, and I just don't want him to even have the toy to think about playing with it. Correct. Um, how about this one? This one might actually make some people mad. Not me at all, because I've seen plenty. Hoy Park. I can't see where he fits. He's not needed as depth in AAA. He doesn't have a position at the MLB level. His bat isn't impressive enough to hold a valuable spot to me. Um, this one seems easy to me. 
he stood yeah. out to me too. He stood out to me, guys. Like, um, there's just not enough. If you if you look at him fielding, I mean hitting, I think we all know what he is. Fielding, there's a little bit of versatility there, but that we're we have better options than that now. Um, I I'd be shocked if you saw him on the forty man come spring. Yeah, I, I would think that too. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, he's he's the type of guy. You know, if you you clean some of these guys out, you, you know, you make some two for one trades, and you get somebody you can upgrade somewhere else, and he ends up being the last guy. You know, on the forty man, okay. But otherwise, no. I think I'm okay letting him go. Yeah, I think to me, when I just look at where he could really play in Major League Baseball, you're pretty much stuck with second base. Unless you really believe he's a third baseman, which I don't, I it's going to be a long time and a really, really cold day in hell before he is better than any of their options at second base. I just don't see it. I just don't. And, and I don't want to play with him in the outfield anymore. I think it's time to just wash your hands of that. Yeah, now, maybe, maybe start seeing a little bit less of this forced versatility. Well, it's time to I start like. making decisions on guys, too. I mean, like, you've given this guy now, you know, the better part of the year and, and the end of last year to show something. He don't have it, or at least he hasn't shown it here. Enough. Move on. There's nothing right. wrong with that. That's kind of the point of giving people tryouts. Really, it's time to make some decisions. So how about one that performed actually pretty well for us last year? Johan Ramirez. He actually performed pretty well as a pirate in the bullpen. Gave them some valuable innings down the stretch. But when I really look at that bullpen fully healthy and the expectation that they're going to have to bring some other talent in, Johan Ramirez is going to be on the short rope to me. Jeff, I'll let you go first on this one. What do you think there? He's got a hell of a stuff. Crazy stuff. Intriguing arm. I I saw a stat. I haven't verified this at all, so hopefully this is correct. But I saw a stat on Twitter about him, and it's in the zone. His whiff rate is second in baseball only to Edwin Diaz. Which huh. kind of blew my mind, but wow. it's true. He's know, just not in his own enough. You can see what they see in him. Yeah, but are they going to get it out of him? <laughs> That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, he's already kicked around a couple. He was with Seattle and I think with Cleveland. I mean, those two teams know how to develop arms. So you know, it's true. In fact, yeah. Cleveland Cleveland has so many arms, you could almost see how he got squeezed out. Yeah, but yeah, Seattle too. Right. Which we you I know, think we have another player like that. You know, Peter Solomon got squeezed out of Houston. That's another big, intriguing arm they have just hidden there that we haven't gotten to see yet. So, interesting. He's got well, he he definitely has some some control issues, but I mean there are some good things there. Um, you know, like yeah, Jeff, you mentioned this the the swing and miss rate. Um, he yeah. still has an ERA under four in the major leagues for his career. His right. whip is I his whip is somewhere around like one point three zero. I mean those are those are things that for a team like the Pirates, I don't think you just wash your hands of that when there's something there. There has been something there, so I would I would hang on to him. Okay, so 
obviously I think one of or both of Jason DeLay or Tyler Heineman. And I think it's probably going to be one of, and I think it won't happen until they sign whoever's going to be the catcher. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on that, Jim? It's funny. I, I took a minute to try to decide between the two, and uh, it's really difficult. I think I would lean delay. Um, I just liked a little bit more of what I saw from him. Um, they both surprised me a little bit truthfully with with being a little bit better defensively than i thought they'd be there's no there's not much with the bat but i would i would probably just stick with delay i don't know what do you guys think i don't yeah. care i'd replace yeah, them I don't, know. <laughs> right. I don't mind having one of them be the backup i just hope we don't have both of them again yeah um you know if you want to sneak one through waivers you know just for depth i'm fine with that i mean they seem like they do okay with like framing and things like that. Like Jim said, there's no nothing in the bat. So, you know, I, I, I would hope we get better options, but if I had to pick one, it'd be Heineman. Uh, if, if only because uh, Jason delays hits, aren't the type that are going to fall in all the time. And Heineman had some better contact. I thought, and he's a switch hitter. And I actually thought he was a little bit more seasoned behind the plate. Kind of looked like he knew a little bit more, what, what he was doing with the pitchers to me uh, as a layman. but That's fair. Either way, I'd be pretty happy with both of them being gone and mm-hmm. having them both replaced by better players. How about Dwayne Underwood Jr.? I mean, personally, I think he's been used up in Pittsburgh. They've thrown his arm off two years in a row, and I don't like his chances to be better in year three after all that. So, Jeff, I'll let you start. What are your thoughts? Yeah, same thoughts. I mean, with him and, I mean, Todd with Shelton with this bullpen, just in everyone, I just cringe and I just picture Scott Proctor with, you know, the way Joe Torre used to just ride him like a rented mule, just, just you know, just grinding these guys out. And it's like we're, you know, not that we shouldn't be playing for the win, but we're a hundred, probably a 100-loss team. We're trying to develop guys here. Let's not burn everybody out this year you know when when we're closer to going for it then you know if you want to put them in there for two innings or just you know abuse their arms right fine you know you're trying to win even the players would probably agree with that but well who knows what they would agree with i mean (laughs) jim with with underwood if you want to keep him and i'm not saying you do but if you want to keep him the argument has to be that used in a better situation he's worth keeping around it's exactly where i was going i'm like if you want to start using him and maybe look if he can still throw innings and not be awful and just be completely mediocre and he is slotted into a role where those are the type of innings he needs to eat then i'm fine with that it's just he can't be in any type. I, I I don't need to see any more to see him pitching in any type of important situations. Um, and I don't even want to call them high leverage. I'm just saying, like, if he's somebody that is now just eating up some innings when you need it, I'm fine with that. But but I can't. I don't want to see him in some of the situations he's been in. I mean, he's probably a million dollar pitcher in arbitration. 
So that's worth thinking about too. If you're, if you think like you're going to get mediocre performance out of him, why wouldn't you just rather have that out of Nick Mears? Right. You know what I mean? Sure. So, so to me, I, I, I feel like that's what makes him expendable is, is right. that, I think they've used him up and a million dollars might be a bit much for a player that you don't have a whole lot of belief in. That said, I think that Derek Shelton probably has a couple like buddy themed Halloween costume ideas for the two of them. They're like best friends. The, uh, <laughs> the only caveat I would say with Underwood is, is like when you watch him, you'd think he'd be better. He has great you know, stuff. Yeah. That's insane. Like, but then you look at his numbers from last year, they're almost identical to his career numbers. It's just, nope. it's, it's like stunningly identical. And so that would be the only thing is like, uh, is there going to be one year where he, where he pitches and, and, and puts more of it together? Maybe it might, it might be the only reason I would hang on to him still. All right. You want to, you want one that's really going to be controversial. Sure. All right. Okay. Bryce Wilson. Bryce Wilson can look really good or he can look really bad. Most of last year, he was really bad. <laughs> um, starting to me is simply not in the cards for him no. this year. And uh, if they think he can help in the bullpen or he could be like a triple a starter who can bounce between the leagues, which is doubtful since he doesn't have any options, you know, I'm not sure. To me, he's the same level as Thompson, and Thompson's better. Right. So what are your thoughts on that, Jeff? Is Bryce Wilson expendable, or do you want to see more? I had the same thought, you know, just not starting. But I kind of wonder, and I guess I'll lump Thompson in too since you mentioned him. You know, I, I kind of wonder if they're either one of those two could be this year's crow, where they go into the bullpen and they're a lot better you know, than, than you thought, you know, they're not going to be Mariano Rivera, but you know, they could be a reliable inning eater that, you know, maybe the stuff plays up because they're in short spurts and, you know, it'd be a fifth, sixth inning type guys that could maybe do a little bit more if they, if they, uh, if their stuff plays up. It'd be pretty great if they didn't need as many fifth and sixth inning guys this year too, but (laughs) Jim, what do you think? Bryce Wilson. I think I've seen enough. Um, I just, I know he's still just 24, which is hard to believe. But, but, um, feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he's another guy that if you've looked at his numbers, how much that they have kind of evened out right along his career numbers from last, you know, season numbers to his career numbers. And they're just not that good. He doesn't strike out nearly enough guys. I mean, like, uh, you know, what, 79 K's in 115 innings. Yeah. I just, and he feasted on some bad teams down the stretch last year. I, I just can't see him anything more. Than, and you certainly don't want to let him face a lineup more than like twice. Like you can't, like it, it's just, it, then it becomes batting practice. Um, so I, I talking about laying out this perfect storm that has to occur in order to get the most out of somebody. To me, I think you're answering your question. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm ready. I think if that guy somehow finds something somewhere else, hats off to him, but I, I don't see it anymore. Right. I mean, and they traded 
a, a closer that I think everybody knew was going to get exposed and, and he got exposed and then he got pinged for drugs and like yeah. you didn't, you didn't lose anything basically, no. you know, Rich no, Rod no, has got something to cry about losing. So so be it. Right. That was actually a good, even though it didn't work, those are the type of things you want to go out and do. Sure. You had someone that you could sell high on that was kind of uh, a surprise that, that he was what he was. We took a shot. It didn't work out. I don't, I don't have any problems with those types of moves. I agree. So the bullpen we talk about, well, there's a guy that the Pirates have really not gotten to see very much because he's been injured so much, but he's been on the 40-man for two years now. Nick Mears. And he's got a huge fastball. He just simply hasn't been healthy. And he's pitched a total of 30.1 innings for the Pirates. And results hardly matter if you lack the greatest ability of all availability. Right. Um, I believe he has something to offer. I've always liked the kid. I've always wanted to see more of him. But I can see patience running thin here. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, um, I'm on the keep side with him. Uh, I, I'd like to see this year just to see if maybe he, he can stay healthy and maybe put it together a little bit. Um, I think it would be, I think it would be especially, you know, and I tend to, I tend to do this with pitching a little bit more than I do anything else with the pirates. Cause I just know how hard it is for them to get it. So uh, I'd keep them. I'd see this year, you know, and this is what you see around the league. A lot of times guys with potential, they just can't stay healthy pitchers, especially. Yeah. I mean, the main reason that I keep him, he's got options got to have that when you're trying to build a pitching staff and they don't have nearly enough of it. So guys with options to me have more value than guys with no options. So yeah. Jeff, what do you think of uh, our friend Nick Mears? I mean, it's, it's hard to throw away an arm like that. You know, I mean, if, if we could get somebody in, that's going to be a little bit better and his spot is the one that has to give. Okay. But I mean, if, if we're not going to do anything better with it, if we're just going to, you know, fill it with the next uh, Yu Chang or whatever. Right. Then, yeah. Then that's... Might as well take the lottery ticket with the. No, I mean, what you just said brings up a good, a good thing that I should probably clarify. I'm, I'm identifying 17 guys I think could get cut. That doesn't mean that I think they're going to cut these 17 guys. It just means right. that I think if they replace them or they want to replace them, they could do it and it wouldn't hurt anything. <laughs> like that's all I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just, they're just kind of like the most obvious candidates. Yeah. Let's do three more and then let's move on to our other conversation after another break. Miguel, you This one I'm you, torn on. I'm torn yeah, on this go, one, man. You go Gary. One question I have is, was the loss of velocity permanent at the end of the year? Right. They have to answer that question to me because he was never a flamethrower type guy. But without even that 93, 94 mile an hour fastball, his off speed stuff simply does not play. It just doesn't. I think he's completely been squeezed out of the starting pitching idea. I don't see that in his future. I don't see the room for him. In, in his future. 
I'm just about ready on, on Miguel Yajure, I think. And Jeff, I'll let you go ahead and make a comment because I think I've talked myself into being okay washing my hands of him. Yeah, it's. I think I'm kind of the same. It It's sad. It's frustrating because it looked like we kind of had something there for a little bit. But, I mean, if you – without velocity in this league today, I mean, it's – you better be really – Really, really on with your stuff. Yeah, or ten points. Going to get tattooed, and I don't think he's that type of pitcher. I mean, maybe he could be that. Maybe we'll find out here somewhere else. You know that he ends up. Oops, we're wrong. But yeah, it just. Yeah, I kind of hope to see an uptick with the velocity when they moved him to the bullpen, and I was very disappointed to see it actually go down. Right. That's what frustrated me about him because I've always thought he needs to be a guy that hangs around ninety three, ninety four maybe even touch 95 to have everything else he throws play. And without that, you know, you're talking like you got to be Greg Maddox. you got to pinpoint corners. you got to be able to drop sliders on the outside corner. you got to be able to do that stuff. And while I think his development of the shape of his pitches is above a whole lot of other people in the system, the placement of them isn't. What do you think, Jim? Uh, you know, he he's a guy that I wouldn't mind seeing um, if he can get the velocity back up. Like I, I really wouldn't mind seeing him be a guy that we had in AAA that you could call up and maybe see what you could get out of him at times um, and then let it play out from there. That being said, if they've got, they feel they've got better options. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose much sleep over it if, if they left him off and then they lost him. All right, two more, and these are long shots, and I'll go ahead and admit they're long shots, okay? <laughs> Diego Castillo. Um, I know I know some people really, really like him. Um, I know some people see those power spurts, and they, they just completely sell themselves that he's just an, an adjustment away from being a 20, 25 home run guy. But I don't know where he gets at bats. I don't see him playing in the outfield. I don't see him ever playing second base. I don't see him as a first baseman. Um, I'm kind of just done pretending projects are going to break out. I think that I kind of touched on that earlier with Hoy Park. Well, to a lesser degree, I'm, I'm kind of there with Castillo. And I don't trust people that can't decide what their batting stance is going to be. <laughs> So, Jim, I'll let you start because I know that annoys you as, as much as it does me. Yeah, I mean, I just – I annoying is one word. Uh, perplexing is another. I, I'm surprised that they let him do that stuff as much as he does and then let him get into those big swing funks that he got into. Um, so, you know, but here, here would be my hope for Diego Castillo. Because he has shown some pop, and he does have a little bit of versatility. I can kind of see him maybe being in that utility role. You know, he doesn't he doesn't embarrass himself anywhere. And if he can just get a little bit of the peripheral numbers up on the offensive side instead of just selling out for home runs, I think there's still a good utility player in there somewhere. Um, so th that's where I would leave it, and that's where I see him. Okay. 
Jeff, how about you? Yeah, he, he strikes me as a guy who he's either going to hit for power or he's going to hit for average, but never both. And he needs to kind of pick a lane. You know, are you going to, you know, if you swing for the fences, your average is probably going to be, you know, 200 or below. Uh, one thing I did notice on him when I was, I was actually looking at his uh, stats, and I noticed that when he played shortstop, he batted 175. When he played anything else, he was like 240. So I don't know, maybe gets in his head, you know. Well, he certainly he, couldn't handle the position. No, and I shortstop, maybe so. took that to the plate with him. You know, just maybe if they, you know, like you say, with the batting stance and, and the position changes and, and everything else, maybe just find a spot for him where that spot's going to be. I don't know because he, he's in the wrong uh, wrong system for uh, trying to find second base at bats. And that's I, what I'm, I'm thinking too. And I, I would just love to see a, a – you know, we and I'm not comparing him to Castro. I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, I just want to see another look at him before I'm willing to just like give give me give me a second year look at him and see if there's been anything over the off season or just experience wise, development wise, if there's something there. That's you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Mm-hmm. We're all going to repeat our comments with this one. Tucapita Marcano. I know this is never going to happen because uh, Ben Charrington loves the guy, clearly. But he's not all that different from Castillo to me. I don't know where he plays. Um, He seems to stall at the MLB level after a week or so. Very little pop. Very little pop's going to emerge, let's be honest. He doesn't have the frame for it. And uh, if you want an argument to keep him, it's that he's young. I mean, like, really young. And... I know, I know it's a stretch. I'm just saying, like, where is he going to play? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't see that position. You can't DH somebody that hits like that. No, he's not, he's not an outfielder. Come on now, you know it. I just don't see it. I don't know where he plays. Yeah, it's hard when you really start to think about him as any type of a a regular. I just, I mean, he. I like him. He's fundamentally sound. He, he like, there are times I'm like, Oh, you know, that's a smart little baseball player. Is there room for that? I, I don't know. He gets the bat knocked out of his hand a lot. I mean, so, Jeff is, is this a situation where you can only keep one of those two? Probably. I mean, he, he does seem to have a little more speed, so maybe that helps, but he does kind of have utility player written all over him. And you took the words out of my mouth and, and I remember Charrington, mentioning he tried to get him on a few occasions before he actually got him. So he's probably a guy that's going to stick around as long as Charrington's around, or at least for a while anyway. So yeah, I, to me, he's a, he's a more athletic version of Cole Tucker. Right. And I don't know, man, I, I don't know that I want to sit around waiting for him, especially knowing that some of our best talent uh, is going to play where he's supposed to play. I just, I don't see it. I I don't see him supplanting Castro. I don't see him even beating Castillo out. And then you got Nick Gonzalez and Leovar Peguero right behind him. It, he's going to get squeezed out of the picture. So I say just rip the bandaid off. And I think that's where I kind of come from on both of those last two there. Rip the bandaid off and be done with it. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to just see a path for him to have any kind of consistent value in today's major league baseball, you know? Yeah. 
So, um, but that's Sherrington's boy. So we'll see. Yes. Yeah, we'll see. I think a good start. I think that's a good base to lay here of, of some players that I think we could probably move on from pretty easily. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's look around the rest of the league at some decisions that they've got to make because that adds to the free agent pool too, doesn't it? Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim, Gary, and Jeff with you. And now we're going to do a little bit something different. We're going to talk about some other teams' possible non-tender candidates. Because every year I think we look at the free agent board and we go, oh, there's nothing there. And then all of a sudden all these guys pop up and everyone wonders where they came from. And they came from this 40-man um, casualty list that we just read for the Pirates that we were talking about. And sometimes they come from guys not getting tendered. And there's some interesting ones out there. And I don't want this to be like, oh, because I named this guy, I think the Pirates are going to sign him. That's not the way we're playing this game. We're just kind of talking about what some other teams are dealing with right now. Okay. So let's do it from that lens. If it happens to work out that the pirates could pick up something. Okay. Whatever. We'll play that game too. The first one we have to mention, I think is the elephant in the room and it's the LA Dodgers. They've got Cody Bellinger who to me is just such a no brainer that he's going to be non-tendered but they surprised me last year by picking him up. To be honest with you, 18.1 million is his estimation for arbitration. That's insane, especially for the way he played. He's he was god awful. How could you do that? Um that that seems um that seems borderline batshit if if they were to do that. I'll let either of you go first. What do you think? Cody Bellinger's probably out, right? Go ahead, Jeff. He's, he's got to be out. I mean, eighteen million—that's just—that's crazy. You can't. I mean, even the Dodgers, you know, <laughs> who have just whatever money that they want, they, they just—you can't pick that up for a guy who's hitting you know, two hundred and striking right. out all the time. And you know, knowing full well what he's done, and he can be a, a talented player, but there's something going on. Either he's hurt, or it's in his head. Or, there's just something going on, but or it's or maybe both. his giant skyscraper long swing huh. that that somehow he just can't make connect anymore, uh, right. or people have found his hole, you know, and it took a couple of years for them to find it, and now they now they have it. Um, Cody he Bellinger, was, he ain't going to make eighteen million anywhere. No, so he was so stinking good there for a while. I mean, like so good. Um, you know, baseball, baseball is littered with those stories over the years of guys that just, um, outstanding players. And for whatever reasons they get off track and it never gets back. Um, he's definitely in that category. Um, you know, they probably just held on to him one more year thinking, uh, we don't want to cut the cord too soon. 
but I think he's 100% gone. Um, we were just talking in the break maybe about him on like the Yankees just because of that short porch and maybe right. maybe they'll just say, okay, well, the guy's going to hit 200, but he maybe will hit 30 home runs here in Yankee Stadium and maybe that's a decent trade-off, right? I don't know. See, that's the funny thing about that guy because somebody's going to pay him something. You know, he's probably going to get, what, $10 million just on reputation from somebody. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that rolls him out from being a pirate because, in all sincerity, I'm not even talking payroll here. The pirates can afford $10 million. That's not That's not what I'm saying, but they can't afford a $10 million risk. Right. A, bit, gotta, a huge risk right yeah, now. Yeah. It's got to be $10 million and we can pencil this guy in for 25 home runs and he's going to hit fourth or fifth all season and handle first base. He, he can still play good defense too. So, you know, somebody might be looking at that and saying, okay, you know, we can work with him. He could play good defense for us, you know, while we figure a swing out. And then like I said, if it's a team like the Yankees or a smaller stadium team, they might be able to just, you know, get his yeah. average up just by the ball going over the fence. Or maybe the Rockies take a swing at him or something like that, yeah. you know, where um, they've got some money and could could use a little bit of uh, buzz. So I don't know. But, yeah, he's out for the Pirates, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, Pirates in general, I, you know, since we mentioned them, Gary, I'm just going to throw this. Get your barf bags out ready. i got a couple names. Um, do, do the Pirates look at like a – a G man, a G man Choi in Tampa as their answer at first base. Like we've, I know people are just going to see Yoshi all over that again for a lot of reasons. Is that, I mean, they he's, go that route. He's not a bad player. No, I just, I don't know. I mean, I guess they could, but Tampa's smart enough to, if there's a market for him, they're smart enough to hold on to him and trade him. You know, they won't non-tender him if if they don't think they're going to get something. If they think they could get something for him, you know, they'll 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 hold on to him. So if they if they envision seven or eight teams lining up to be like, yeah, we'll take a swing at him. He fills a hole for us. Well, they're going to tender him and make a trade out of it. They're not dumb. And if they let him go, do you really want a player that Tampa let go? Exactly. Exactly. They know everything inside and out. They're not a team. <laughs> I actually don't. Him away, you probably leave it away. I actually don't hate it though, Jim. He can play yeah. first base, and and he has yeah. hit pretty well, and he's got a pretty decent track record. Um, even yeah, even in his down years, the last couple of years, I mean, he's still above average seven. 741 OPS, 758 OPS last year was down to 729. It's better than anything the Pirates had over there, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, um, so it was just a name that that, that popped up that I, I wanted to bring up specifically to the Pirates. Um, I mean, I got Jacob Stallings in that category if you want to go, yeah. go guys that I think could get non-tendered. Well, that's why I said get your barf bags out because some of these guys will will not elicit the greatest of reactions from fans. Well, Jacob Stallings, you know, he could fill a role here as as that veteran catcher, and 
you know, you, you kind of hope that a homecoming resurrects whatever was good about him because it sure fell apart when he went to Miami. But yeah, he was awful. You know that he still knows a lot of these pitchers. You know that he can still handle them. Um, he's a good defender. I I don't know that I I don't know that I trust him to make the pitchers better the way I do Roberto Perez when he's mm. healthy, but I trust him to be healthy. And I and that's and that kind of yeah. matters to me, you know what I mean? So Jeff, what do you think of that? Would you be up for a, re, a reuniting of Jacob Stallings and his old team, or are you done with that? Yeah, well, I like the getting him and Perez combo. That would be ideal, I mean, for our situation anyway. That's what for, I wanted before the trade, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. At least, you, at least you know he knows most of the staff. He can work with them. He's proven that he can do it. You know, he, he knows the facility. He knows, the, you know routines and everything else you know he's gonna he's gonna fit right in you don't have to wonder okay is this guy gonna work well with this pitcher is he gonna not work well with that pitcher you, you already got you already know what you got right you know whether whether the the falling apart in miami had something to do with him physically i don't know but you know it's definitely worth a shot and he's, he's not going to command a lot of money so it's i would realistic. agree i would agree he's probably going to get around two from somebody so right. It's not like it's going to cost a whole lot to take a swing on it. Um, and there's nothing out there. So. The Blue Jays have a ton of arbitration eligible players. They've got Vladdy Jr. up. He's going to get about almost $50 million probably. <laughs> well, Teoscar Hernandez. They, the point is they've got a lot of money going out the door to a lot of big names. And one of them that I think might slip through the cracks they just acquired last year Rymel Tapia is up for $5.2 million in arbitration, most likely. Outfielder, wiry kid, used to play in Colorado. I don't know if you remember him or not. He's really fast. I don't know that the games ever really come together for him too much, but $5.2 million is probably a little rich for him, I would I would think. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, it seems a little high for, for the Pirates anyway. Well, for anybody, even for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I mean, like. yeah true. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, he was pretty good in Colorado, whether that's Colorado or, you know, if it's the stadium or it's him. You know, he's, he's definitely got some talent, but, you know, it doesn't uh, – looked him up real quick, and he it, 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 it really – like his war doesn't – he's not playing that great defense. He's not really doing all that much. So $5 million seems a little high for me. I don't even think he's a one more player. So, yeah, it seems like he's a pretty easy cut, right? Yeah, the Brewers got a ton of names on their list. I mean, you got like Brent Suter, which they'd be brain dead if they let him go. Brandon Woodruff again. They, <laughs> you have to. Um, Eric Lauer's somebody that you could see them potentially having to move on from, though. He's not been a starter for them. He's been in the bullpen. $5.2 million it looks like he's going to get. And when you got names like Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff and Hunter Renfro, and Brent, they got so many big names, they cannot afford, I think, to keep everybody. Eric Lauer might be a casualty, and boy, would he not help in the bullpen, Jim. Yeah, that's a name that I kind of missed. Um, and like you said, you might be getting a little better 
quality of a guy just because of the decisions they had to make. Um, so he'd be definitely be somebody that I would, um, he's a righty though, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously it'd be nice to maybe see a lefty, but no, I like that. I like that suggestion a lot. I think I'm, I think I'm uh, scarred enough with hitters on the Brewers because thanks to Andy Haynes that I don't want to see any of them coming this way, but uh, pitching, they, they, they have some things figured out for sure. So I have an intriguing one from the Brewers after Jeff makes a comment here. I think I know who you might be talking about, but yeah, I, I like the Lauer suggestion too. I did. I missed that too completely. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that, especially in the bullpen. What about Keston here? He's he's up. Um, looks like he's going to get about $2 million. I don't think the Brewers want him anymore. And he played a lot of first base for them this year. Hmm. And I'm just saying, we've seen what that guy can do. <laughs> we've also seen what he doesn't do an awful lot. That's a guy that, that you might want to see uh, somebody take a swing at. And I could see the Brewers letting him go, but I don't know. What do you guys think? He's got some pop. I mean, sure does. Mostly yeah. against pirates. <laughs> um, you're talking, I mean, yeah, I, they could do worse. They have done worse. Um, most certainly most certainly yeah yeah um okay i i i I, i'm listening i could buy it it's just an idea what do you think jeff he he has some pop but he's only got a ton of swing and miss there are times that he just looks completely lost but you know but you've seen him when he first came up he looked like he was going to be fantastic he did yeah. So I remember that there. I was like, yeah, there's something there and maybe something going to, maybe, maybe Haynes can get it out of him. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, that's, that, I was- that would be a situation where here's the thing. I don't trust Andy Haynes, but Andy yeah. Haynes coached him already. So if anybody knows what's wrong with him and thinks they can fix it, it should be him. Right. Yeah. You know I, what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah. I can't believe the guy hit, 226 with 111 strikeouts in 234 bats. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually that's actually really impressive um, in a weird way. It's hard to do. Hard to do. Yeah, but first base and second base, that's a nice little combo for versatility. Yeah, not bad. Uh, it's just a thought. The Cubbies are kind of interesting. They got Ian Happ, you know, um, 10.6 million. I think they'll try to trade him. Uh, most of you already know I'm completely down for a reunion with Ian Happ. Uh, bring him home. I think he would be a terrific, terrific outfield option for the Pirates. I would love to have that happen. But uh, $10.6 million, I can't see the Cubs wanting to keep him, and I don't see them extending him. He could actually hit pretty big, I think with a contract at some point too here. I think he just won. It wasn't, he, he just won the gold glove, I think too. Um, unless I'm mistaken, I thought he, I thought he won it. So I, I he's, a, he, to me, I, I like him. I think he's a good ball player and I agree with you, Gary. It'd be great um, to see him back in Pittsburgh. 
um, he would solve he would solve that one little missing piece out there. I think too. I would agree. What do you think? Yeah, Jeff? I like it too. Yeah, it's a good. Uh, I think you know somebody that just has been around. He's not swinging for the fences all the time. You can actually get on base a little bit and give you some average, and you know just make some make some things happen. You know, you're not relying on so many rookies. Another switch hitter too keeps things rolling. That would yeah, big time. So, I, I really do like him. I think that would be a, a wonderful pickup um, for anybody. Ian Happ to me is going to be one of the better people out, out there that's available. Padres have a lot of things they have to deal with. Um, the biggest no-brainer to me is probably parting ways with Josh Hader. Thirteen point six million. I see him just re-entering the market. Right. I don't think that you're going to get a good trade piece for him after the way he imploded towards the end of the season. <laughs> um, but what do you think? The Padre is going to hold on to him or let him go? Well, you know what? Did you see that thing with him? How weird that was, where he was like hitting 100 miles per hour uh, with some somewhat some consistency once he got to San Diego. And I'm just like, I mean, that can only be a couple of things. I was, it just was odd for a guy. I mean, he lives in the upper 90s, but then he was, he was, he was starting to hit over, uh, hit 100 there. So I think he's gone. And I think a team that is ready to compete right now will gladly, gladly scoop him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to awesome. have to start. As far as they went in with their budget, they're going to have to start making some cuts now. Right. And, and probably better to do it slowly than dump it all at once. They may have one of those decisions taken out of their hands. We'll see what Machado does. True. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, though. I think I think for the most part, that's all I saw. Do you guys have any others that you noticed? Um, Austin Meadows, maybe. Yeah, I saw him. I talked myself out of it. Um, there was a guy for the Astros, um, Josh James, the pitcher. Mm. He, he, he's been hurt. Um, I think that's been the main issue with him is the health. Yeah. But I think that, now. yeah. I think that I think there's some really good stuff there. Is he healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, he'd be a guy I might be willing to take a risk on because I think the Astros actually had some pretty big plans for him. He just hasn't been able to keep. And and I think it was a labrum, so that's another thing you got to watch with pitchers too. Yeah, you know. So, but he's a name that popped up to me. Good stuff. Good velocity. Just derailed by injuries. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting watching the league every year at this time, though. As soon as the World Series is over, you'll see a flurry of activity. A lot of people don't want to interfere with the news going on during the World Series. They won't announce transactions and, and whatnot. And then there'll be this flurry because everyone wants to get ready for the December deadline for the Rule 5 draft. And it, it's interesting to watch. And a lot of these non-tender decisions come up at the same time because you're not going to cut somebody – that you don't have to make a decision on only to end up having to do this later anyway. So keep your eye on these boards. Um, MLB trade rumors has some really good um, lists out there that you can kind of dig through. 
see what you can find on your own. Anybody on their, their fourth or fifth year is, and, and they're going to make like over five or 6 million. You may consider. You and know? I, yeah. And I'm actually curious. We'll get some feedback. I'm sure we've missed a guy or two and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what people, if there's a name that people bring up that, um, that we missed. I found him, Jim Kyle Crick. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's we'll lose him again. So <laughs> let's not do that. Right. One guy that I'm intrigued about, uh, Carlos Hernandez from the Royals, may end up squeaking free. Yeah, he's just a big old horse, and he, you know, he's got a great spin rate. He's got great velocity. He has terrible results, but if there's any team that you know, probably it sounds like Chris Stratton to me. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind them taking a chance on him for cheap, but yeah, I mean, those are things you that, that teams look at and go, okay, well, there's something to work with there. So, right. Yeah. It's, it's always interesting to look at this stuff though, because the more you look at it, the more you really think, well, all these teams kind of have the same kind of situation going on. And you see that smaller market teams tend to have a much longer list of, of guys on arbitration or, that they have to deal with in that situation, unless you're in a spot like the pirates or the reds where that list is kind of short because (laughs) most of them, you know, you're not, you haven't gotten to that point yet with a lot of your players. So like, it's interesting. The rays have probably the longest list out of any, any team. I mean, it's, it's giant. I think they have 14 guys up for arbitration. That's, and that's crazy. So, and I think Randy Rosarena just got uh, super two status too. So, but um, interesting stuff. I'm pretty excited to uh, watch how the off season plays out. And now I think we've laid a good foundation, Jim, that we can kind of be bold in the future and start talking about actually cutting loose some people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a good starting point for the off season for sure. Yeah. So Jeff, any parting shots for you? I, how was your first fan forum experience? Did you enjoy it? You're going to come back and yeah. help us build teams yeah. in the future. Anytime. I'm always up for talking ball. So anytime. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, it was great having you, man. It was awesome. Jim, how about you? Your house settling down? Everybody okay? Uh, Yeah, we got some COVID in the house. I I have avoided it so far, uh, but my wife and son have it. They're okay. And, Is that uh, why your shutters are closed? You're keeping you're keeping all these <laughs> in the house. Well, my poor wife has been stuck in a room with a six year old for two days now, um, quarantining. So, uh, well, I don't know if there's any type of um, uh, she's going to be asking for some type of sedation here pretty soon. I think so. Um, or psychotropic yeah. drugs. Yeah. Yes, either one. So, uh, but so I I've got the easy part of it. So. Everything else is good, and uh, it was a good show, guys. Jeff, uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, good stuff, everybody. Um, So look forward to uh, talking a little bit more next week about some of this roster stuff, Jim, and probably wrapping up the World Series. That'll be exciting. Um, Without further ado, I think let's go ahead and let uh, Ben take it away. Mm